0: We'd like to welcome you to uh, the women's ministry today. Oh, wait, wrong class, wrong class. Men's ministry. And so uh, some of you guys that are joining us weren't here last session. uh, My name is Conan Stevens. This is my father, Keith Stevens. We're the co-men's ministry directors and um, honored that you're here. So uh, let's do this. Before we jump into it, I want to introduce a couple of guys that are just going to share some opportunities in men's ministry. And so I'm going to ask if Dave Rhodes will join me. Uh, This is Honor Bound Men's Ministry and Motorcycle Group, man, the ministry. And so he's just going to share for a couple moments. And I'll say this, they'll be hanging out after as well if you want to connect with him. So make sure you do it. All right, awesome.
1: I'd like to thank uh, Conan and Keith for giving me this platform for just a minute. Uh, Primarily, you know, we've heard this morning already people talking about equipping the saints. Yes? Mm -hmm. How many of you equipped to do children's ministries, Royal Rangers, Mission Nets, uh, Nursery, that kind of thing? How many of you are equipped to do men's ministry? Well, here's another question. How many of you are equipped to do motorcycle ministry? The reason that I ask that question is because there's 9 million motorcyclists in the United States. Not all of them know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. So what a great opportunity for us to use the tools that God has equipped us with to go out and reach either lifestyle bikers or motorcyclist or the weekend warrior or whatever you want to consider if you're not equipped I am Uh, last last fall I was uh, presented as the district leadership from Howard Rainey, which is back there in the pretty shiny head Howard is our uh, Howard is our national chaplain to this region the Northeast region so I would encourage you to get with Howard talk with him uh, let him pour some blessings onto you, talk to your pastor, get Howard in your church to where he can come and share the mission of Honorbound Motorcycle Ministry. One more plug for game day. We will be there representing Honorbound Motorcycle Ministry. We will, we, we will be doing a ride again uh, this year as well. For some of you guys that aren't in that competitive spirit or that competitive edge, come, sit around, relax with us. If you have a bike, bring it. We're going to be doing a bike blessing. And also, we're going to be doing a ride. So if you're interested.
0: Conan, awesome. thank you. Absolutely. Here. Absolutely. Yeah. And I don't know about you, but when I hang out with those guys, I just feel tougher. I'm not sure why. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So uh, anyway, man, yeah, those guys did a great job last year with the ride at game day. I'll be doing that again. And so pray that grows. Absolutely. I want to introduce one more. I'm going to ask Bill Thompson if he would uh, join me up here from ISI Toolbox. So, yeah. Out of Akron, Ohio.
2: ministry that hosts Iron Sharpens Iron, is called Toolbox Ministry. Let me talk about that for just a second. We, uh, our vision is that men learn to pursue God, become spiritual leaders, and impact the world they live in. Our mode of operation is to come alongside pastors and you guys to help you develop su- sustainable male leadership. We're developing in 60 days. Uh, we have it just about done. We just have to get it down on paper the right way. Uh, a, a program called a model for sustainable male leadership, uh, how to develop that in your church. Uh, it's a it's a breakout of what used to be called Bluefront. Uh the synagogue guard carried that for a while and then they decided not to. So I said, What do you want? and they said, Do whatever you want. So I'm just kinda of duplicating what they have. We'll be available uh, in the uh, spring and summer, early summer and uh, in the in the midsummer if you can get a bunch of guys together to come in, do three, four, five or a dozen churches come in and talk about how to regenerate or how to start up a men's ministry. Part of what we also do is in the fall every year. We talked with, uh, when, when we started this uh, 14 years ago, 13 years ago, uh, we talked to people here in, in Columbus. We decided we'd stay six months away from game day so that we do something in the fall, you guys something in the spring, and we kind of point people to each other. Iron Sharpens Iron, it, we bring in, it's a one-day deal, and uh, if you didn't get one of these, take one with you, we'll, and we'll uh, get you uh, uh, some posters to put up in your church in about 40 days but right now, this is just a bookmark to remind you. Uh, we'll have a keynote speaker, a national keynote speaker, and then we'll have 16 workshops around things that men, uh, that, that your pastor won't talk to you about on Sunday morning because it wouldn't necessarily be appropriate. And we talk about men that are 13 years old and older. So uh, we have uh, eight workshops in the morning, 75-minute uh, interactive workshops. It's not just an expository. So uh, if we can help you anyway with your personal ministry and your church, if you'd like to join us, we'd love to have you in Akron, uh, October 28th. And That's if you didn't get one of these, um, I'll leave yeah, them laying up here, it. all right? So basically
0: like a synergy for men's ministry, right? right. So same kind of theme. And, and yep. If,
2: if you want to take a dozen or so to your church seat, the guy in a red shirt, he'll give you a dozen. Or so.
0: That's right. Awesome. Thank you, Bill. Thank you. Absol- yeah, absolutely. Cool. So again, both of those, just incredible resources, um, you know, to tap into. And so... Uh, Again, big picture, right? Uh, Kind of our mission statement, vision. Ohio men's ministry exists to help pastors and local churches uh, discover, develop, and deploy men's ministry in Ohio. That's it, right? Discover, develop, and deploy. And so today I want to kind of give a little bit of, of the nuts and bolts. and want to make this interactive. So again, I think sometimes the answer may be on the other side of the room. Someone may be doing something in another church that would work at your church. And so we want to like cross-pollinate today. So I'm going to be throwing out some questions. So if I do, don't just sit there and look at me. Let's uh, let's get interactive because again, you may have some of the answers in you. And I've been places before where I hear another guy talk of what they're doing at their church, and I'm like, man, that would work for us. Or, do you know I could take that and I could tweak that and make that our own? <laughs> and uh, I, in fact, I've. I've been, you know, they say, man, that was a great idea, Conan. And I'm like, yeah, I stole it. I stole it from somewhere. So let's be honest. Some of the, you know, in fact, I tell people I use, I use, I steal ideas from the Bible every single week to preach from. I'm like, that was a great word. Well, actually, Apostle Paul said that. or although That's in red. Jesus himself said that. You can't quote me for saying it, but uh, I just repeated it. And so, uh, yeah, today we're going to look at kind of men's ministry from scratch. And, you know, let's be honest. Here's the hard thing is that, you know, me and my dad's church. Two very different churches. And what works in my dad's church doesn't work in my church. And what works in my church does not work at his church. So what are the main principles that we can look at and decide, yeah, here's how I can use that or fit that um, for where I'm at? And so, um, you know, I, I, I think that none of us have to argue or even spend a lot of time here. I think we all know, you know, that when you reach the man, you reach the rest of the family. I mean, that's a Statistics... Uh, Actually, in our church, I don't say this. No one in my church knows this except our staff. But if you go, what is the target of C3 Church? Here's our target. We know exactly who it is. It's a 33-year-old man with 2.5 kids who is unsaved. Our church on a Sunday morning is geared to reach him. And here's what we know. When we get him, we get the whole family. If the wife comes like, oh, if the church is designed for her, so we have actually... Our target, we've designed it to reach the man. So we think about that in the songs we choose, in the decor of the lobby, in how I preach, how we come across, in the print pieces that comes out. It's not real flowery and not real girly. It's more manly. And so people look, okay, yeah. Because if the guy feels comfortable, when he walks in, he's going to have a great cup of coffee because most men feel awkward in a church so he can hold on to something (laughs) in the church, right? So we do a lot of things geared to him. And because of that, I believe that's one of the reasons. Now, we have people older, we have people younger, we have men, we have women, we have all that. But, in fact, our community, kind of who we are, that's, that is our target. Man is our target. And so, um, reach the man, you get the husband, you get the whole family. Well, let's talk this. I think the first thing, again, uh, putting together a men's ministry foundation. Pat, My, 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 my dad talked about it. Almost called you Papal. That's what I call it with my kids, right? Papal, my dad. You know, uh, but but truly, it's prayer, right? I mean, it's where everything needs to start. I would say prayer, and and maybe your ministry, maybe the men's ministry starts like this: you tap a couple guys on the shoulder and go, "Hey, man, we're going to get together, and we're just we're going to we're going to take a morning and we're going to pray before we make any decisions." Before we set down in stone, here's where we're going. Here's our, here's our, here's our plan. Here's our strategy. We're going to take some time and pray. And maybe it's if you can grab a couple guys that are with you. Hey, this week, what if we each take a day and we fast and we seek the face of God? You know, He's got the answers. Uh, I got a lot of questions. I think we all have questions. The only one who don't have questions is the, the one who has all the answers. You know, I preached on it this past week. I said, I said, when the answer is always the same, the question doesn't matter. Come on, somebody, that'll preach. Anyway, I'm not here to preach. <laughs> Maybe I am. But when the question, okay, when the answer is always the same. But prayer. So let's talk about this, right? We we, we we lay it, Holy Spirit's guidance and direction, ask him to give you favor. Secondly, I would say this, right? Defining the reality. In other words, like, what is the state of men's ministry in your church? You may go, man, I come from an established church where... You know, 15 years ago, 10 years ago, we had the strongest men's ministry in the whole area. It was amazing. Some of you may go, we have zero. Like, we've never had anything. Like, the guys at our church don't even like each other. Hopefully. (laughs) hopefully. (laughs) Some of you go, we ain't got one man in the church. Okay, well, hopefully that's not the case. But I think, you know, Max Dupree said this. He says, the first responsibility of a leader is to define reality. So you think about that. What is reality? Don't hide from the reality. Embrace the reality. It's where it is. If it's a great, if it's in great shape, maybe you inherited something from someone, and some foundation's already been laid, and there's some, you know, some great people um, that is there. But what is the state of your men's ministry? Has there been anything in the past? Uh, sometimes we try to start brand new things when something is already kind of rolling. Is there anything that's already going, where men are getting together already? You know, you know, it's crazy. There are some guys at our church and. Under the radar, they were all getting together to watch the MMA fight, right? They are pack it out, man. They're, I'm like, what? They invited me one time. I'm like, all these guys, guys that were not even super faithful to church, but they're there watching the MMAs. So I'm like, all right, all right, we've got something already going. Can I tap into what's already going? I don't need to re- rebuild the wheel, right? Reinvent the wheel if it's already there. Um, you know, state of the men's ministry. Do you feel the guys in your church would even be open to something like this? Are they closed to it? Are they open to it? Um, you know, men's ministry, what does it look like? What is again defining the reality? You may say, Well, I got a couple guys that are interested. We've kinda of hit it around a little bit and they're kinda of interested. Okay, that's a great start. Uh, what is that? so again, what has happened naturally that you can build upon? And I would say this, is and this is true too, big, is the senior pastor good with it? <laughs> you know, if the senior pastor don't want to happen, it's not gonna happen. You know, Now, here's what I know. Generally, this is generally speaking, most senior pastors would love to have a significant, strong men's ministry. They just have so much going on, right? They don't have time. And let's be honest, men's ministry is probably, I mean, hardest ministry in the church to get going, right? It's one of the last things, you know, usually, oh, we need kids ministry. Oh, we need youth ministry. Oh, we need women's ministry. Oh, we need... But men's ministry is one of the toughest things to get on. I don't have to, I'm preaching to the choir here. But uh, is our is our senior pastor involved? And and it could just be this. Pastor, I'm not asking you, you know. Again, you're under, under his leadership, under the vision. A lot of times I'll go, does this vision fit your vision? It's got to fit under his vision, her vision. But I would just say, um, you know, including them, right, making them feel a the part. Maybe, Pastor, listen, we're going to do this. We've got it all taken care of. You know, I'd love that. would you mind opening in prayer or I think just I know in my church like we've had different men lead it. And for me just to be there and my presence being there, that's a big deal. Right? Oh. Well, it meant enough for the pastor to show up. So uh would encourage that. I would say, so define reality, right? So pray about define reality. Here's another one. I think we need, and my dad talked about it a little bit, we need to define the wind. In other words, what is the win? Is it just to get a handful of guys together? Is it to see guys grow in their faith? Is it to build friendships? And I'll be honest, we've had we put on different events, and the goal for the events were different. We've had some goals where here it is, it's straight up helping men build relationships. You know, we did one, we did we you know. I'm, I'm, we live in Columbus, so anytime the Buckeyes are playing football, it's a big deal. So we've done, like, a couple of their bowl games in the past. or uh, And, dude, we'll just turn the whole church, we'll we'll bust in ping-pong tables, foosball tables, a little basketball, cornhole, and we get all kinds of food. One guy even brought, you know, the women, they'll do, like, a chocolate fountain. We had a nacho cheese fountain. I can't prove it scripturally, but I believe they're going to have them in heaven. I'm just saying. I'm like, man, it's amazing. So... We got together, right? And it was for no other reason than we're going to have fun together. And it was guys inviting their friends. That was the whole goal. Bring your unsaved friends and they're just hanging out with us. And they're like, you know, these guys aren't too bad. This is not what I thought church guys were going to do. And, and honestly, we didn't even do a lot of preaching, none of that. You know, we gave a little short little challenge, but it was not the goal of that was not, uh, you know, bringing these guys to Christ. It was an initial bridge. To build relationships. Well, then, following, we've had several things that we have done over the years where it is. Dude, there's going to be, uh, the gospel is going to be preached. Well, these guys came because they saw it lived, and then they heard it preached, and they're like, that's why these guys are different. But there were, but every, every single, uh, event needs to have a win, right? Even for your men's ministry. I remember, I'm not probably told this story, but I remember the first time my son, Caden, who's ADDHHDDHD, playing baseball and he's like eight years old i don't think he ever grasped the concept okay so he hits the ball i'm coaching him run. he's running around the bases he gets home and he touches home plate and he looks up and the scoreboard changes he's like he goes over again he's like (laughs) so i'm like come here so like it clicked i said you see what happened he said well i said when you hit the ball and you run all the way around the bases without them getting you out and you touch home plate it clicks to the next one. He's like, I'm like, man, I have failed as a father, right? He's been playing for three years and never, he's too busy chasing grasshoppers, I guess, but he never grasped. He's like, oh, so what do we do? We define the win. So at our church, right, we're, we're, we're planning for Easter right now. And dude, we got guys on it and we have a goal. We said, here's the win for Easter. We want to see this many people come to our church. Is it a record? It absolutely is. We're like, we gotta do six services to fit them all in. Okay? We're gonna do it. But in order to define the win, what else do we wanna see? We wanna see this many people come to Jesus. Okay. How are we gonna do that? Well, we know that we need this many guests. We've done the math. When we have this many guests, this many people, this many of those guests give their life to Jesus. We know the stats. So we need more people coming to Jesus, we need more guests. Well, if we need more guests, we have to challenge our people to invite. Here's all I'm saying is, define the win. When you understand the win, then it makes it, when the scoreboard is clear. I don't know about you, I, I like, whatever I play, like, I'm not claiming to be the best at anything, but I want to win. Like, I don't want to play the game. I played before, we're not keeping score. I'm like, why play? If you can't win, why play? Right? Men are competitive. So let's go this. We need to define the win. In other words, you know, let's be honest. What are you trying to accomplish? Men don't have time for one more thing, but they have time for something that's going to add value. Now, let's be honest. I challenge our, I challenge our staff and team. I go, here's the truth. Every Sunday, people show up at our church, and it is, a, it is proof that whatever is being done here is adding value to their life. People vote with their attendance if something's adding value to their life. Now, we know we have the most valuable thing on the planet, the gospel of Jesus, right? The life-changing message of Christ Jesus. We have the most valuable thing on the planet. How can we, how can we present that in such a way where men are drawn? So I think defining the win. why will this ministry exist? What is our purpose? What results do we want to see happen? And then we've got to ask ourselves, let's be honest, man. Like, How will this... Make their lives different. I'll never forget, we were planting our church, and we're doing this outreach, and we're giving out the water bottles or something with our name. Hey, and someone asked this question. They're like, okay, so when people ask me, how is this church going to be different than the other 50 churches in our town? Because let's be honest, every town don't need another church. They need another life-giving church. And he's like, what's going to be different? When I thought about that, I'm like, wow. I guess every church usually has some form of worship. Every church has a sermon. Every church takes an offering. Most churches, they have some kind of response altar time. I'm like, how will our church be different? Like, it caused me to go, how will our church be different? And I had to rack my brain. I said, you know what? Dude, we're going to be an authentic church. We're going to be a church where a church full of imperfect people to strive to follow a perfect God. We're going to be a church where, you know what, people can come in and air their dirty laundry and they're not judged and they're not condemned. We're going to be that kind of church. They're like, well, that's kind of different. Yeah, it is. So when you think of defining the win with a men's ministry, what do you want it to be? Great conversation in this last session. Here's what I have found, right? Like I, I was a part of a small group one time with a guy, and this dude, like strong believer, and dude, right from the get-go, we're, we're in the meeting, just met these other four or five guys we're in. He goes like, he goes, hey, man, I want this to be a place we can be open. Dude, I'll go first. And he goes so raw right off the bat like. First I'm sitting there like, oh, my gosh, he went there. I'm like, hey, how you doing, Tom? Like, he went there. But here's what was crazy. When he went there, the other guys around the table go, yeah man you know what I, I'm uh yeah this week you know uh, uh I was looking at some pornography and uh killing my marriage well guess what happened dude opens the door the next guy's like yeah man you know uh having the trouble with one of my one of my kids and and it was like gut level real and here's what I know until we can get our men to the place where they can be real we hide and let's be honest most men we're guarded we're guarded. And as long as those things lie in dark places in our hearts, we will never be healed. If we don't have someone, and I tell our, our people in our church, you don't need to tell everyone. Please don't get on Facebook and tell everyone. You see, they go, I don't know. I'm like, oh, my word. Don't do that. But everyone needs to have at least someone. Scripture talks about that, right? We confess to one another to be healed. We confess to God to be forgiven but we confess to each other to be healed. There's healing that happens. And so we need to be a place, but but I think that's it, right? How will we make this different? You know, I think men, they do, they desire to find in the wind. Man, we want a place, so for us, we want a place where men can be open. Well, I tell our leaders, it, your people in your group, the guys in your group are not going to go open until you go open. Care, You know, my wife and I, for a while, we bring over people to our house, and we go, hey, t- hang out with the pastor, six weeks, all the new people, new group, every six weeks we did that. And, uh, and we would like, hey, tell your story. And so we would try to tell our story and go literally as open and as transparent as we could right off the bat. And they're like, alright, first of all, I can't believe I'm in the pastor's house. Secondly, I can't believe, like, they're that honest. Wow. And you know what happened though? Next person goes, people are crying. People, and then we don't even know these people. Through my living room for the first time, there are guests at our church. People are like, I didn't know a church could be like this. I think every man desires to be able to share some of those things. So, can we create that kind of brotherhood, that kind of bond? Uh, we need that accountability, right? And so, I don't know. And so, maybe again, defining what it is. Put together a mission statement. It could be as simple as this: you know, investing in the men of our church to become stronger husbands, fathers, and disciples of Jesus. It's simple. And then once you have that, you look, everything you do goes through that lens. Does it fit this? No. Then we're not doing it. You know, I know at our church, we have a very simple, yeah, man, we exist to love people to a growing relationship with Jesus. Hey, we want to do this thing, got up. Ah, it doesn't fit. So we're not going to do it. So at our church, right, we've decided we, we're going to do a very few things, but we're going to do those very few things really well. And so I think in men's ministry, what are those things that you go, man, this is a non negotiable? Again, define the win. Like, in a perfect men's ministry, man, we want, we want, we want? We want, you know, men rallied around the Word of God, right? We want truth imparted to them. We want, we want accountability, right? We want a place where men can share some of, the, some of the struggles and the darkness in their life, right? We want a place where, but outline those. What is it? Define it. Define it. I think you need to come up with a name, right? Come up with a name. I know uh, we've used a couple things over the years. We used the Brotherhood for a while. You know, guys seem to be like, all right. I've known churches. They did the Brotherhood and the Sisterhood, men's and women's. Cool? Uh, for a while, we were doing ours. It was called Man Up, right, and encouraging men to man up. I, I would say, I know, ISI, Iron Sharpens Iron. Uh, what's some other names that you guys have used? Maybe for the ministry you're in right now, other names you heard of. What would be some names? Throw it out. Be honorbound Honor Bound. Honor Bound, yeah. Honor Bound. Men of Promise, right? Yep. Yeah. Warriors. Warriors. There you go. Yep. Yeah. Band of Brothers. Band of Brothers. Yep. But yes, it's the name you're using. So I think whatever it is, right? Uh, you know, it needs to fit. You know, we kind of laugh in our church. We had a guy who was going to lead our men's ministry, and we have a very, you know, a younger congregation, and uh, he wanted to call it. It was something. It was. He said. For our context, it didn't match. He's like, "Hey, man, I want, I want to start. It's gonna called it Mountain Dwellers," and I'm like, "What?"
3: <laughs>
0: I'm like, "Dude, I love you, bro, but it don't fit our context. It may fit someone else's context. So, you know, it, whatever it is in your context, you gotta. Do that. No, it has to fit. It has to fit. So, I think coming up with a name. I know my dad talked about this, but once you have a name, right, you need to choose the leader. Like, who is, the, who is the person that's going to lead this? Is it going to be the pastor? Is it going to be a man in the church, um, a strong guy leader? Now, here's what I've seen. Let's be honest. Some guys, uh, what we did with ours, and here's what I would encourage. If you're one of the leaders here, a uh, pastor here, when we launch something new in our church, here's what we do. We find three people that are interested in doing it, and we say, hey, the three of you guys are going to be a committee. Now, here's what I found. I'm going to let you in on a little secret. If your pastor was here, he'd probably want to know this, right? Like, we, we bring three people around and we don't give any of them a title. We said, you three, we we'll want you to roll with this because they're all the passion and we let them roll with it. And here's what happens. The leader always rises to the top. No one has to put a stamp on them. No one has to, the stronger leader of those three or four or five, and the rest of them go, they're the leader. And you know what? Some people are like some of the the handful of people you put it, flake out and they don't say the long haul. Cool, they just disqualified themselves from leaving it. But there's always going to be someone that rises to the top, and I'm like, there's the list. six months later, like there's a the leader, the person who's stayed the course, the person who's proven leadership, and now you go, hey man, would you consider taking this? So maybe it's that. And I and I know uh, you know some of you guys have have uh, rallied teams around. I'm talking to my brother over here uh of of that of hey we have a a what do you call it, a coalition or a men's council. mens council and so they have different ones in different roles right someone overseeing worship someone overseeing outreach you know someone overseeing what the discipleship or prayer or, uh but it is that right so they have a plan and they build it they build it to that so choosing the leader or the leader and then i would say this you know if you're in charge of it uh if you're trying either to bring people or you're trying to recruit a leader, as much as you hate to hear this, you need something like a job description. Because let's be honest, we've all been asked to do something before, and you're like, hey, man, we want you to start this ministry, and it's going to be awesome. Go for it. And you're like, oh, yeah, and they're fired up. Yeah, you fire them up. I've done this before. Man, You, I see it in you. dude. I see you there's greatness inside of you. You're going to call it out of other men. I believe in you. And they're like, yeah, they're ready to charge hell with a squirt gun. Oh, right? And they run out of the room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, what are we doing again? I don't know. Conan just fired me up, bro. Like, what are we, like, how much authority do I have? Like, can I make this decision? Like, do we have any money? Like, is this, how often can we meet? Like, they know nothing. So I think as leaders, we need to go, hey, here's what I'm asking of you. So maybe even when you put together counsel, you are the person... Put together a a almost a job description of yeah. Here's what we're asking you to do. Now here's one thing I've noticed in in my own life is is uh, the t- the delegation of it. I'm going to get to that in a minute. But you know the truth is this: be specific. And then I usually go, all right, what did you hear me say? Because sometimes here's the thing: if you bring on a strong leader, bro, they're going to they're going to run through walls and sometimes over people, right? But they're going to do what they what they either think you want them to do or what they know to do. You know, I've had people like, well, I'm really afraid of that person because they're such a strong personality and leader. I'm like, yeah, but dude, if we can hook them to this sled, they're going to pull this thing. There are some serious horsepower. How can we leverage it? Let's not be afraid of it. Let's, Let's rein them in a little bit, and let's give them guidelines to run with. And if we can, they're going to take this ministry farther than it ever could have went than any of us could have taken it. So don't be afraid of that. But delegating to a strong leader, they're going to make it their own. Sometimes as a leader, we can feel threatened. I don't ever want to feel threatened by a strong leader because most of the time it's not this act of rebellion. It's just as God's gifted them with the gift of leadership, and they're going to do it. So rather than being intimidated, you know, Sometimes we'll, we'll, we'll turn a strong leader loose, and usually I'll walk pretty closely with them at first, or one of my direct reports, my direct staff, or whatever. We're we'll walking close with them to make sure they got it. First, you got it? Yeah. Okay. You're running fast. We want to make. We got this. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Until we can trust them in order to do it. So, I think clearly defining the task is like clearly marking a finish line. Uh, a strong person wants to finish well. So job descriptions, again, what is the win? What are we asking them to do? What is the time frame? Because if, and I'll say this too, let's be honest. Some of the most gifted people in our church are incredibly busy. They're incredibly busy because they're most they're some of the most gifted people in our church. And I would say this, there's a difference between recruiting and asking for volunteers. I'll be honest, I've done this. Hey, we need volunteers to help us. Man, come and see me afterward. And I'm like, this is not the group I was hoping that would volunteer. (laughs) Come on, you know what I'm talking about. But there's something completely different when you recruit someone. When you walk up to them and listen, man, God's allowed me to do this in people's lives. I've called out greatness out of several church planners from our church. Dude, God gave me a guy's name. When I see him on Sunday, I'm going to call it out of him. And I'm going to walk up to him and go, bro, listen, I was praying, and God laid you on my heart, and, dude, I see greatness in you, and I believe this. I believe, and you can tell me if you've got to test this on your own, but I believe your call of God to be ministry, and I saw you in my mind. I saw it. God gave me a picture of you planting a church. It's in you. I'm calling it out of you. I'm going to lay hands on this guy. I'm going to pray it out of him. <laughs> I'm going to call it out of him, right? Literally... I think there are men in our church who desire to step up in leadership, but they have no one call it out of them. And some of us need to walk up to that person and go, you know what, dude, God laid you on my heart, and man, I see, I have four letters, I see in you. I see greatness in you. I see God's call upon your life, and I want to help you walk it out. And so you know what, here's what I'm asking of you. I've been praying for someone to step up and lead this men's ministry, and I believe you're the guy. And I'm going to walk you through that. I'm going to hold your hand. We're going to do this. I'm going to help you, but I see it in you. Now, think about that. I don't know if you've ever had somebody walk up to you and call something out of you like that. That's powerful. When someone walks up and goes, dude, I see greatness in you. You're like, who's he talking to? Oh, me? He's talking to me? So call it out in them. Uh, You know, and I think, man, people, you know, people desire, man, when they know somebody believes in them, people will give everything they got to not let that person down, right? So I would encourage you to go after it. Uh, When when people know, you know, and part of it is this. I think... uh, Simon Sinek, there's an incredible TED Talk. He talks about the why. He says, you know, the why is so powerful. He says, start with the why. You know, here's, here's not what I'm asking you to do. Here's why I'm going to ask you to do it. You sit down with a man, and you're trying to recruit him to your team, and you say, you know what, man, listen, here's the truth. Dude, we got, we got families that are struggling in our church, and we got broken relationships. You know, we got, we got young people without a, a godly role model in their life. And, dude, it's broken, and the enemy's winning. But you know what? Dude, God has called us. He's called men to stand in the gap. He's called men to step up and and, and operate as men of God. And you know what? I'm asking you to join me. We're putting together a team. I think of, I think of the Avengers, right? They're, we're putting together a team. Right? They put together a team, bro. Right? They put together a team. So, we need to do this. We need to call it out of them. And then I would say this, right? As we're doing this, clearly define what needs to be done. Clearly outline the time frame, which the delegated task was must be completed. Here's so here's the why, right? Men stepping up potential families. Here's what, and here's when. Put something it needs to be delegated, right? Um, time frame. Then you know time frame. Uh, yeah and so I would encourage you and I would say this too define the level of authority that we're giving away with the task I blew it as a leader with this for a long time hey man let's go do it and they walk out here like what am I supposed to do so I think there's hey here's what I'm going to ask you I want you to pray about this think about it come back and recommend so I want you to think about it pray over it talk to some men and come back and recommend what you think a men's ministry should look like that's clear they come back Recommend, we talk it over. The second level is not just recommend, but it's inform and initiate. In other words, research, I want them to research the best course of action and inform me why it's the best and then go initiate it. Great. What have I done? I made it very clear. You know, I use this level, um, I use this level with someone I kind of, I, I trust pretty good. If it's recommend, I don't really trust them fully yet because I don't know them. So they go, research it, come back, we talk it through. That's the dumbest idea I've ever heard. Or, dude, that's incredible. I would never say that, but you know, dumbest idea I've ever heard, but I would help them. But then the whole uh, inform and initiate, they're coming back, and I go, man, that's a great idea. Pitfall. I think this and this. And they're like, oh yeah, good, good, good. And they go and do it. Or the third level is this, act. Which I give them, or you give them full responsibility and respect to the task or the project. I use this level when I'm completely, I have total uh, trust in someone's capabilities and risks are minimal. So you may not be the one giving this, but maybe you can go to your pastor and go, hey, pastor, which one of these three do you feel comfortable with? <laughs> do you want me to research and come back and recommend what I think is best for men's ministry and we'll talk it out and we'll choose together? Is it a, hey, you want me to go research, recommend, I'll come back and inform you what I'm gonna do and then go do it? Or is this something you want me to just act on Maybe I'll give you an update now and then. What level do you want me to operate? So if your leader doesn't give it to you, what level of authority you have, then you set it up. You ask it. You know, there have been times where I've literally coached some of the men of God that were over me in my life to pull things out of them that I wouldn't feel I was getting, but I knew they had it. I knew they wanted to give it to me, but they just didn't know how. So I almost did like a reverse mentoring where I would show up with all the questions and I would pick their brain and learn from them. So sometimes we may be serving a leader. We may need to do that. And man, we do it in all honor. And so, you know, give the, and then I would say, right, we got to, the leader, the leader needs ownership of it. Um, I would say this. There have been times that, you know, men's ministry, I uh, had one guy and his version of men's ministry was a little bit different than mine, but I'm like, dude, it'll work. I think it fits our context. And so I, I let him run, build that vehicle and drive it. Because if I would have built this guy a Porsche and he's a Jeep guy, it ain't going to work. Right? He had to build his own Jeep and he had to drive the Jeep. So I'm like, okay. So I gave him a little bit of that. Yeah. Dude, I'll give you some freedom there. It's yours. You're the one running this. And if I have you, if I built something you have to drive, he, it was going to be hard for him. So, so again, I think where do we start? Right? We have to seek God with prayer, define reality, define the win. What is it we're trying to accomplish? Choose the leader or leaders, which I know we've done that in our church. Again, we brought several people together. And then I would say this. There has to be, and this is a big one, what is the draw? You know, Honor Bound Men's men's Motorcycle Ministry, that's an easy draw, right? Motorcycles. Guys are drawn to that. But I would say for you, for your church, like what is in your context? If you live in rural Ohio and guns... Our king, then man, get a shooting group together. Which I was telling one of my brothers, like, uh, ODNR has a $500 grant that they will give you to go do a shooting event at your church. You just have to open it up to uh, to everybody in the community somehow if you put up a poster. It's open to everybody. Great. They say as long as it's open, they will give you a $500 grant. They've got to have like 20 guys, I think, a couple stipulations. They'll hand you money to go buy the ammo or the targets, and you go shoot them up. So, uh, I think there's some of those things that are easy, but the draw, right? Guns, man, maybe it's a a cookout. I know some of those big game nights, wild game nights have worked at certain places. Maybe it's, you know, watching the game, the Super Bowl, man, Buckeyes, whatever it may be. I know March Madness is coming up, basketball. Maybe it could be a camp out, father-son campout. I don't know. What is the draw? It could be paintball, it could be wing night, it could be uh a breakfast Saturday morning could bring in guys. It could be a retreat. It could be a softball team. It could be dodgeball. Um, I don't know. Let me ask this: in your community, what, or in your church, in the past, what has worked for you? I'll throw that out. Has anything worked for you? you go, man. This has worked for us. Yeah? We did, like you said, we had, we called it bullets and burgers. They go cookout, and we also had steam. We also had guns and all that, and guys just. I love it. That's gold. Cool. And sometimes even the way, right, you market it. I think mean, we did We did uh, guys guys and guns or something. I can't remember. Uh, beef bullets and, yeah, whatever it is, however you name it, right? Like, dude, let's get together. Guys want to shoot and guys want to eat, right? So it's, it's a win-win. Anybody else? Yeah. Another one we tried in our church. We have a young, our youth pastor, our church, also owned his own restaurant. So we have our Saturday
3: at his restaurant. It not only brings them in together, he gets to join in too. Yeah. He out behind the grill and joins in a little bit. But it also promotes him. So now we're, we're doing two things. We're, we're ministering
0: yet he's being ministered to by us helping Yeah. money to his business. That's awesome. That's awesome. You know, I've known some guys, right, even, even we'll get together for like a, a service project right in the community. Hey guys, we are going to help. You know, we've had that before where you know someone's home burnt down in our community, and so we said, "Hey, we're going to get we're going to get some guys together. We have some benevolence money that we're going to pay for the equipment, and we're going to go over there and we're going to repaint. And we're going to move some things. And it's just, what is that point that you can rally men together in your church? What does that look like? Anybody else, yeah. And we had
3: uh, about twenty guys go to Middletown Sportsman's Club and participate right. in our cowboy action Junior event. Okay. He and another guy, Chuck Wolf, and my wife, and another buddy of mine, overseen the whole group, and they had a blast. Ah,
0: oh, that's great, man. You know, it's they great. They
3: had all the old fashioned guns that they yeah. shot back in the, in the Western days. Okay. You know, so they, 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 you get history gratification, you bang, clang, hit steel. Yeah. That's good. I man, if they didn't hit steel, they just laugh, I missed that one. Yeah. And then we, we took them all back there again for trap, some trap. That's good. And then on my place, we had uh, one of our live group deals going in with the church. We had, uh, I put straw on my wagon and pulled it with the quad. And you guys seen on TV the mountain shooting, the shoe balloons? Yeah. We did that on my place. That's uh, great, man. Yeah. So we had 22 blank, black powder blanks. Some people would blow balloons up. The guy would ride the quad and running around. You had 10 balloons. Two pistols, five rounds each. He shot the balloons with the blanks. It's a lot of fun. You know, some of the people participated a little bit. and wasn't their thing, but that's fine too. Yeah, yeah. You know, we shot uh, all about about four hours.
0: That's good. Finding what works, yeah. Yeah. So what is the what is the draw, man? What is the draw in your community? Let me go to the next one. I think, so once we find the draw, right, and again, it's different. So what is going to be the rally point to bring men together? I think then we've got to have some kind of discipleship, which I know there's some incredible material out there. I'll throw a couple of them, right? I know our our speaker, again, 5starman.com, they've got some incredible material. I know even like, you know, at our church, we encourage all our people. I say get on the U version app, Y-O-U-Version.com. And so literally, we have hundreds and hundreds of people in my church that are on that app. And I tell them this. I go, you can set it up. I said, you can see if your pastor is reading his Bible every day. And I said, you know what? I can see if you're reading yours. Talk about a little accountability. Now, they can set it up where no one can see what they're doing, or they can set it up where, yeah, my friends can see what I'm doing. So literally, there are several men's devotionals on a free Bible app from Uversion.com. So I've done that with several of our guys. Get get a handful of guys together guys, we're going to walk through Craig Rochelle's fight, right? They got a whole, I think it's I don't know, a week, two weeks. Uh but there's several of those it's it's free, it's on there. It sends you reminders to your phone and you can actually set it up where you can see if other people are reading, your guys are reading or not. So that is a that is an easy win. But what is the discipleship element? Um you know, the Love Dare, I know that came out a, a while back. That book where and I've shared this before. Then We did this in our church one time. We did a big, it was one of the bowl games, the Buckeyes National Championship game. It was midnight, guy night, man up. And so all these guys, we had like 100 dudes show up. And me and my associate, we, we went in the back room and we divvied up the 50-man teams. Okay, We literally, we had a, uh, uh, we drew, we drew names, right? We're trying to guys, all right. So we got in front of the guys, we're like, hey, all of you are now in a contest. And they're all like, what? All these guys are married and so here's, there's, there can be three points per day. So we had this whole thing lined up. Three points a day. We're going to do the 40-day love dare. Uh, and we gave everybody the book, which is them, you know, doing things for their wife to show love. And we said every day, there's up to three points. And so we had broken up. We had five-man teams. We had, Long story short, we walked through this book. Every day that they had to do their devotional, they had to pray. They had to uh, journal it could only be one line, but they had to journal something, what they learned from the scripture, and then they had to pray with someone else out loud. Could be their kid, could be their wife, could be someone on the phone. But it was like, these guys are like, whoop. And so, you know, who, whichever team gets the most points at the end, whoever's got the most points on that team, we're sending them and the wife on like a three-day getaway. And then at the end, at the end of the 40 days, the wives, though, all the marriages in our church went up. These wives are like, what is going on? My husband brought me flowers. Oh, my word, mine did too. Right. And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So then they're like, we don't care what they're doing. We love it. Right. So at the end of 40 days, then we actually showed the love there. We actually put two chairs together in our sanctuary and we had popcorn and all this stuff. We did a movie night. Right. But the whole thing was, it was just rallying. It was, it was something there. Um, I know maninthemirror.org has some incredible information, discipleship stuff. Um, uh, yeah. So I think the key is connecting men—not only connecting men to other men, but connecting men to the truth. So there has to be some kind of discipleship element. If you already have like a Sunday school hour, man, utilize it. So in my head, right? Sunday school—you know—Sunday school can be one of the greatest utilized things if we use it. If it's a step leading us somewhere, I would encourage you, man, start a men's. Maybe it's uh, Sunday. Maybe it's Sunday Sunday school. Maybe it's a Wednesday night. Maybe it's. Saturday mornings, um, whatever. So I would ask you this real quick: what, what is there any other discipleship material that you have used that you go, man, this is really good? Anybody else that you've used something that go, solid? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. roll range material. Yeah. I
2: used um, Kenny Chesney's "Boys of Fall" that ESPN special that
3: all those coaches and these powerful men, you know, speaking yeah. in the men's lives. They did a four-week
0: study on them. It was fantastic. That's cool. What's it called again?
2: Well, there's an ESPN special called the Boys of Fall. Yep. That, that's about football, but it's okay. based on a Kenny Chesney song, Boys of Fall. Cool. Fantastic okay. opportunity to speak in the And all yep. these, uh, throughout the history of football, these fantastic coaches that yeah. are given these these things that they've spoken into their teams, and they're literally from, from, from the, yeah. the Word of God. It's just that's
3: awesome. Cool, cool. Miles, yeah? Uh, Iron Sharp and Iron has a uh, program out called Father Factor. and What it is, they're DVDs with Tony Evans and other national yeah. speakers, but you can use them at a breakfast. Great, you can pull yeah. You up, have a discussion off of that video, and then open it up for the men to discuss what they want to discuss. It's good, very good, yeah. Good, yeah. We in the past, we've used the God Chasers,
0: Good. God Catchers. Yeah. Good. Very effective. Growing. Yeah, it's good. Good. I think that's it, right? That's what the Word of God does—the changing, right? It's God's Word. Yeah.
4: What we used was Mark Patterson's. Help me with
0: the title. In a pit with a lion on a snowy day.
4: Yeah. On a snowy day was good for Yeah.
0: What's his new? Lion Chasers. Yeah, he's got some good stuff. I think those are all good.
4: Mark. New, uh,
0: yeah.
3: Right now. Play the man. Play the
0: man. Okay, okay. Right Mark Matterson. In the
3: of it right now with our yeah. Day awesome. It's more geared toward the young fathers. Good. It's also geared toward the older mentoring. It's good. By yeah. Um, because be father, how to be good
0: That's good. Right. You know, we, we've we've had some guys that like, well, I don't, I haven't read a book since high school. I'm like, okay, so you know and Now though, man, online, like, dude, they can listen to it. Like, you don't have to read it. Listen to it in your car. Most men have a a commute somewhere, whether it's ten minutes, thirty minutes. You know, if you live in Columbus, forty five minutes. So it's like, utilize that time. Great, man, listen to this. Yeah. Yeah. What's that? Yeah. Yeah. So let me give you, so I think, again, just what is the discipleship element? And then I would say, I think you need to plan out a yearly calendar. And so getting guys together, right, get a group of guys together. I would say this, too, as you're planning your men's ministry, the more guys you have around the table with you, the more ownership. If you show up and you're like, I'm Moses and I went on the mountain and I've heard from God, here's the Ten Commandments, they're going to be like, all right. But if you bring other guys with you in this journey So as you're putting this together, if they're journeying with you, they're more lap, more apt to get the ownership of it, right? And, and, and run with it. So I think you need to plan a yearly calendar. I would say this. How often are you going to meet? Is it going to be quarterly? Is it going to be monthly? Is it going to be weekly? What kinds of meetings? You know, uh, and maybe it's this. I know, I know for us, we just do a couple big events. Most of our, again, 33 year old man is our target. So most of our, the guys in our church have young families and they have several kids in sports, right? And it's go, go, go. If we, do, if we did every week, no, it wouldn't work for us in our context. Even every month is too much. So we, ha- we actually have small groups where they're meeting on a biweekly basis, but our big events are, like, quarterly, um, you know. So, But I would say, man, everything from, you know, I, I put together a sample one. Like January, you know the Buckeyes are going to be in a bowl game. Great, get the guys together. February, Come on, somebody. February is the Super Bowl. Like, that's natural, Guys are going to watch a Super Bowl. Maybe it's March Madness. You know, May, you could do a father-son camp out. June, game day. July could be a big service project. It's just putting the stuff on the counter going, here's what we're going to do. Find a widow in the church, a single mom. Maybe August is doing a, a service project. You know, October, right, ISI, right, a toolbox, like uh, a retreat. Man, November, I know we get guys in our church together and we go hunting. Every November, I'm scared. I go. Just make sure you got your hunter safety course, bro. As long as you had that, we're good. Like, <laughs> some of these some of these guys can't shoot the broadside of a barn, but we have a good time. We have a good time. Uh, but start small. Start small. I would encourage you to do that. So again, I think it's just. Seeking the face of God, getting a group of guys together, brainstorming. Even those three questions we talked in the last session: What's a healthy ministry look like? What's my strategy to get there? What tools or resources do I need? And then going, okay, in order for us to do that, here's bring around the leaders, come up with here's our name, here's our here's our mission, here's the the, the scripture that's re, uh, revolving around. Here's going to be our draw. Here's how we're going to bring guys in, and then once they're in, here's how we're going to set up the discipleship piece, right? And then. Uh, um, Man, from there, you put together a, a calendar, and then you just roll it out. So I would say this. Don't take on, you know, if you have nothing, you probably don't want to start out with a major event every two weeks. Right? Like People are like, what? You need to start small. And listen, like, here's how we look at our church. Everything's an experiment. So we've tried new things that have bombed. And, and we've erased the thing. Well, you missed God. I'm like, well, I said, we tried something new. Didn't work. So now we know, cross that off, either the timing was wrong or it just don't work in our church. But if we continue, here's the truth, if we continue to do the same thing, we'll continue to get the same results. To get new results, we have to change it. Now I realize, anytime, anytime there's change, there's movement. And when there's movement, there's friction. And when there's friction, there's pain. So, not everyone's going to buy in. But you know what? If God's, if God's called you to do it, you've got to stay the course, and you've got to do it. And here's what I've seen. I've had people in the beginning, oh, this is stupid. Oh, it ain't going to work. And then when it's working, they're like, this is amazing. I knew it would work. I knew. I'm like. But here's what I know. That's why God needs a leader, right? Like, if, if, every, if men's ministry just happened in a church, God wouldn't have brought in a leader. If everything was easy. If our churches were full and people being saved and discipled, you wouldn't need a leader. But we need a leader. So that's why God's placed you there. So I want to encourage you to lead, right, to lead. So what is that draw? What are you going to bring them to? What's the discipleship? Plan a yearly calendar and then roll. So from there, any last five minutes, any questions or comments? Um, Maybe you have something that was very beneficial to you. Maybe not just said here, but something you've walked with that may be beneficial to somebody else. Yeah.
3: Yeah, it's so good. Guys, it takes three to five years to get a solid, sustainable, specific so mm. industry. So That's good. put on some way you go after going. right. saying now and forth a lot. That's good. So you can make That's good. Impact, but It's gonna
0: take a while to develop sustainability. It is. Very good. Yep. Uh, he said three uh, to four years or three to five years. When you were talking about getting it
3: going, uh, say you, you uh you have a, a person that might be a leader or something like that, yeah. and you said a time frame. Yeah. is there a realistic time frame
0: that you would uh, You know test? what? Yeah, I think I think you got to set those you know, measurable, attainable, the smart goals, right? Uh, got where they can go. I think if and he, he, he bills right, if you if we set the finish line or we set the bar so high, we're setting people up to fail. But if we go, "Hey, as a leader, you know what, listen man, let's just do this. We're kind of plan it out, but we're going to try to get that first that first meeting off the ground." And then what do you do? You celebrate the small wins, right? Small wins, small wins. And he's right, to get a sustainable where the culture is set. Because what are we doing in our churches? We are redefining culture. Well, culture takes time. It ain't going to be done by just one flash pan and, oh, it's over. Now, you know, with ours, even with that, we, t- we took a 100 guys. And so we had momentum like, wah, we right off the bat. And we had already worked it out with our influencers, We say, I need you to lead this charge. But when we present this, I want you to go, this is going to be awesome, right? We all know who the influencers are in our church because when something a little bit, I don't know, conflicting, contrasting, you know, uh, a little bit is said, everyone looks to someone in the room. When you're in a room next time and someone says something, you're like, ooh, who are they looking at? Because that's the leader. And if you get those guys on your team, if you get the influencers on your team, it's going to move a lot faster. So I would say, yeah, maybe it's this. Hey, guys, you know what, for this first year, we're going to try to get our guy, we're going to try to do two big events. We're going to try to do three big events, whatever it is, and get the guys together. And so so maybe it is a three year plan. Over the next three years, we're going to roll this out a little more, a little more. You get more and more guys involved, but yeah, it's good. Anybody else? Yeah. you got to start, yeah. You know, one of my mentors said this. He says, he said, don't just talk about it. And this is a great quote. He said, set something in motion. I thought, huh, I want to set a men's ministry in motion. What's my first step? You begin with the end in mind. Here's where we want to be. You walk it all the way back. There's my first step. If I can just take that first step. Because let's be honest, you're right. We procrastinate. I know I do. I need to brakes on my car. And I'm like, ah, yeah, yeah. well, yeah. One of my lights are out. I'm like, yeah, I'll probably get that fixed. Yeah. And I procrastinate. Finally, I'm like, I got a guy in my church, duty mobile mechanic, rolls up to my house, and he's cheap. It's like, you can do it, right? So, like, so I call up. That's my first step. I need to call Greg and get him out of here. Greg, bro, when can you come to my house? Friday morning. I'll see you there. I'll, my car will be in the driveway. Done. But you're right. What's the first step? Set something in motion. Yeah, you want to say something?
3: The other thing- Yeah. Who do you meet at the gas station you know, all the time? Who do you coach with? Yeah. Literally, those guys all need Christ. It's so good. get them involved in some of your activities, yeah. and that will ultimately get them over
0: where they should be. Working. It's good. You know, sometimes even if you invite a guy, he may not be, you know, I've, I've had this before where not that he's the keynote speaker bringing the word, but I'll have him come and, hey, do I want you to you talk for a few minutes on leadership. You're an incredible leader in our community. I mean, I think our guys could glean something from you. He may not even be a believer, but he comes in and he, all of a sudden, he, it's almost like someone said, you want to get guys there? Ask them to bring something. If they're the ones going to bring something, they're going to show up. Hey, man, I want you to share on this. So then they show up and they share. And then, of course, then they hear the message of Christ. I've actually witnessed the guys in my town. I'm like, hey, and I could tell, like, if I invite them to church, they're going to say no. And I go, man, you know what? Dude, I, man, I really value like your opinion. Like, you're an incredible leader in our community. You know what? Would you do so Would you be open to like coming and critiquing our church? Would you come in and sit through a service? And dude, I want to just tell me what we did right, what you thought we did wrong. I'll buy you, I'll buy you lunch after this. I want, I want to pick your brain. I highly value your opinion. And They're like, well, yeah, dude, I'll come and critique your church. Heck yeah! So they show up, right? And they're gonna hear that I'm preaching the gospel. They're gonna hear the message of Christ, and then they're like. Go to lunch with that, they're like, yeah, like, what'd you think? They're like, man, that was, that was pretty incredible. Like, I didn't know a church could be like that. And so we end up having a God conversation. Some of these crazy endurance things I've done, people, can I talk to you? I said, yeah, bro, show up on a Sunday and I'll meet you after church. When you go out to eat or I'll, uh, guy shows up, you've never been in a church. I rode, but I did this mountain bike race from Canada to Mexico, off road, unsupported, crazy, sleeping in the wilderness. And so he's like, I'm doing it next year. I want to pick your brain. I said, show up on Sunday. So he showed up on Sunday, and he's like, we're not having to talk about what he could do to make sure he gets to the, to the finish line. He's like, can I have a Bible? So we're having this God conversation for 20 minutes in the foyer about Jesus, and he didn't come for Jesus. But whatever it takes to get a guy in there, right? So anyway, any more? Hey Cole,
4: yep. One thing, guys, I think I know from my you know, old school here, every time we get somebody together, to give Jesus, man. We've got to get him saved. It didn't happen very often. Of course we wanted to plant. But we did a we did a top gun thing at our church one time, and this guy came. And after it was all over, I mean we laughed, we had dinner. The only spiritual thing we did was pray over the meal. And he come up to me, he goes, you, you, you Christians are like real people. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> I really believe if we got spiritual on him the first time. We'd have lost him. He said, well, that's why they got us here. They got us here just to preach to us. But that man ended up coming to church, giving his life to Christ, and like six or eight months after that, he got cancer and died so quickly. I mean, it was just a matter of months. And his wife came, tears in her eyes, or the hug pastor, keep her inviting him to that. you know, Because I called him up on the phone. She's the one who said, my husband likes to shoot. You announced that. Would you give him a call? I can't give him to come to church. But guys... So my point is, we don't, We got to be careful, I think, in this day, and I don't know if it's different than it used to be, but guys, we want to get spiritual, right? We want these people saying, but I think we need to let Holy Spirit lead us in that because when it's time, it's going to happen, isn't it?
0: I, think it? I think it said, right, this is my dad's talking, right? People, people nowadays want to belong before they believe. There was a time they would believe and then they would show up at a church because they believe and then they would belong. But anymore, people don't trust like they used to. People want to see it's real and so they want to belong before they believe. We have people in our church, a ton of people in our church, who are not saved. I have people in my house who are like, I don't believe in God. I'm an atheist. I'm like, they're there for a Bible study. I'm like, well, man, we're glad you're here. He's like, I don't know why I come back, but I come back every single week. Like, something's drawing me. I'm like, that's the Holy Spirit. <laughs> A year later we baptize this guy and he goes out with one of our church plants, right? So you never know. I've had guys show up to me and they're like skeptical of you, I'm skeptical of God, I think it's all a hoax, I think it's a fake, I think you're a fake. And I'm like, awesome, bro, we're glad you're here in this church. And they're like, Literally, I've had three or four guys, four guys that have said something similar to that to me, and now they're all four serving Jesus. One of them's a church planner. Come on, Jesus, that's what I'm talking about. I'm like, I see it in you, right? I'm like, ah. as I see so, a
4: man come up to me and introduce his son to me. His son's probably in his 40s. He looked at me and said, I want to tell you right up front, I don't like preachers. And I just said, oh, that's because you never met me. <laughs> I can't you. are going to like me. He goes, what? Guys, he was in church Sunday. And this guy claims to be an atheist. What was he doing in church? You know what I'm saying? It's not get spiritual on him or anything like that or get mad at him and tell him, you know, I mean, we got mad if somebody walks up and said, You know, I don't like Christians. Get out of my face. Well, you know, because my pearls the four swine. No, man, you love him, right? He said, Oh man, I'm sorry to hear that. In fact, what Conan did it one time, a guy walked up to him, got right in his face in junior high school and he goes like this. Yes. He goes, Somebody said you're a Christian, right? And Conan looks at him and says, You mean you're not? The guy goes, What? And he goes, You mean you're going to hell? The kid goes, oh, I don't want to go to hell. <laughs> So he starts talking about Jesus right there on the spot, backing that kid up. What what if we'd have gotten intimidated by that, right? Mm. Guys, we ain't intimidated. We got Jesus. And when it's time, Jesus is going to get a hold of their heart. I think the bottom line is, guys, just love them. You know, invite them out. Be the friend. Be real. Don't put Mm. on. Don't all of a sudden get Mr. Leader on. Just be
0: be who you are. Amen. I said that. No defense for love. We're going to pray you out. Let's pray. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, you're right. And you know what? I look at this, right? Some of us plant seeds. Sometimes it's harvest time. My thing is that I, I, in every situation with every man I, I meet, every person I meet, if I go, if I can just take this person one step closer to Jesus, that's my goal every time. It might, their heart might not be right. They may be 10 steps from giving their life to Jesus, but I can, if I can take them one step closer. And so there are men in our churches, if we can just take them one step closer, and that may be the step. That they're going to give their life to Christ. Give us an example
4: of one step closer.
0: Yeah. No, I... See, there's
4: I, ten steps. You've got to step. You
0: three. know, okay. So I was, I was with a guy, and uh, he just had a baby. Didn't believe in God. And so he was anti-God. But I said, man, he's holding this child. And I go, I said, man. I said, you know, I said, that's a miracle. I said, your child, as you realize, you're holding a miracle? He's like, he's looking at this child like, I'm holding a miracle from God. You're holding a miracle from God. Now what I do... He couldn't deny that, right? He's like, here's his baby, his flesh and blood. He's like, this is a miracle. First child, I'm like, that's a miracle. That was one step closer, right, to taking him closer to Jesus. So I think whatever it is, use it as a bridge.